everybody. This is Nancy Novak, Chief Innovation Officer for Compass Data Centers. Welcome to the next episode of Breaking Glass. Today, we're gonna to be talking about leveraging non-traditional backgrounds to boost diversity and inclusion in the construction industry. We have with us today, Allison Scott, who is Director of Customer Experience and Industry Advocacy at Autodesk. Allison is an innovation champion for construction. And what's so great about this is the lead-in is she has a very diverse and unusual background. Allison, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Nancy. Let's hear a little bit about your background and how you got into the industry so we can lead right into the other items that we want to talk about um, when we talk about diversity, inclusion, transferable skills, and you know how to make the industry more robust um, when it comes to that diversity. Absolutely. So um, it's I did not come into construction from a traditional construction management or architecture or engineering um, background. Uh, in fact, my background is in theater and arts management. I always had a big passion for being able to communicate and tell stories and really fell in love with theater because of all of the moving pieces that actually go into creating a production. So I went to a theater arts high school, um, shout out to Baltimore School for the Arts, uh, which really was a place that taught me to use my voice and taught me to understand that there was always something bigger going on than what was written on the page. Um, and from there, I went to college, uh, Emerson College, where I again studied theater. And when I was at, at Emerson and when I was in college and understanding sort of what I wanted to do next for my career, what I saw was this need for people that had an understanding of what the future was gonna hold for a variety of industries. And, and at the time, uh, in the early 2000s, like technology and the growth of the internet was really starting to take hold in the way that businesses were being developed. So um, it just so happens that I also had a really strong interest in the power of technology. And um, I'm very lucky that both of my parents worked in the technology fields. And so I had some exposure to what was happening with exponential tech and what was happening with um, the you know e-commerce uh, e and a number of different ways that technology was in, in changing our world. So I actually ended up out of college going to work for a technology futurist. And in that world, I found this love of being able to translate really technical, kind of complicated insights or, or ways of doing work down to the average person. Those so, and it was because of my theater training and because of my communications training that I, I learned how to do that. Um, you know, taking these really big concepts, these really big ideas, and putting them into action or turning them into a language that you know the average person like me could understand. So from there, um, you know, I, I was drawn to and found my next career in the built environment, which was another you know super interesting industry, something I had never considered before, but I kind of fell into it because I was leaving a technology focused job, but I really wanted to go more into that marketing world and really focus more on like, how do I continue this trajectory of telling great stories? And uh, I found myself in architecture doing marketing, business development, strategy, a little bit even office management and accounting. And it's just like my career just can, like that's when I really found my home was understanding that working in the built environment, I could physically see the work being created, the impact of my time uh, in an office. 
and work with some amazing, amazing smart people uh, and also help them be better by being able to use my communications training and really translate the work that we were doing to the communities that we were working with, to the clients that we were working with. Um, so that that's sort of like the background that I fell into. That's how my background really changed the way that I entered into this industry. And it was not by um, not on purpose. <laughs> it yeah. Was, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's amazing because um, I always tell people my career was somewhat serendipitous. I did get trained, you know, in construction management. But nonetheless, like the opportunities came very um, happenstance and serendipitously. And, um, I just, I love that story. I think that's so good for our listeners to understand that, that literally when we say transferable skills, we mean from any, any business sector or domain, um, you can 100%. have transferable skills, right? Right. Yeah. And being able to boil something down and simplify it to where people can understand it. I mean, it's just like what Einstein said, you know, that's what we need is when you can take this complicated idea and then explain it to people, that's how we can scale and make change, right? Absolutely. So. Also, like, you know, one of the things that I tell people, especially young people that are thinking about, like, what is their career going to be? Or what is, you know, what is their next step after high school or after college? One of the best pieces of advice that I ever got was that you are more than just one thing. You don't have to be just an engineer. You don't have to be just a artist. You don't have to be just a marketer. All of those skills are valuable, but when you add additional components to them, or you add a different different perspective, or you add an interesting skill set to them, you become more uh, valuable in that you're able to basically code switch and see things from a different lens. And you're also adding skills that enable you to be better for yourself and for your bit and for the business that you work for. I like that. I like that. It's um, it's like the you, you're more than just one thing is a very profound way of putting that. And it's almost like you can take the things that, you know, come either naturally or that you're passionate about and they can be your superpowers within any, 100%. Um, right. That's yeah. so great. I, that's so great. Allison, as you know, um, the diversity comes in all forms and we need more diversity in the construction industry. Um, women are still, you know, highly underrepresented in the, in the business. And I would love to hear your thoughts on, you know, not just how we can make a change there, but also why that is. Absolutely. So I think, you know, we, we have a fundamental problem in the construction industry in that a lot of our work, you know, literally happens behind closed doors. So I think oftentimes, you know, people just don't understand the vast amount of roles that are available in this industry. They don't physically see people um, on the site just in the same way. You're either behind a job site fence, you're in a job site trailer, maybe you're 10 stories up, you know, all of this kind of work that happens um, that that might be visible is often seen as, you know, muddy boots or, uh, you know, in, in, installation and and the work that does happen in the field, especially those for our tradespeople, is incredible and it requires an, an amazing amount of skill. Um, and we do need more women coming into the trades as well. But the point is, is that there are a lot of opportunities in construction that don't have to um, that aren't always seen, right? We need people that are great communicators. We need people in marketing, in business development, in strategy, in accounting, in project management. All of these things require a diverse skill set. And oftentimes women are overlooked for that simply because they don't often come through the traditional pathways into the construction industry. So that's one of the reasons why looking for and attracting and building a program that 
sees finding a pipeline of people that come from other backgrounds can actually increase adding more diverse personnel to your job sites as well. So, you know, the other thing about um, adding more women into construction is that you can't be what you can't see. So this is actually one of the reasons that Autodesk partnered with uh, AGC a, a little while back ago, and we developed something called the Diversity Media Library. Now, this is something that's very simple. We were starting very small, but the point here is that how do we actually represent more diverse faces, literally more diverse faces in the imagery that we use in you know, media articles about our industry. Uh, no, no more stock photos. <laughs> that is, that is my mantra. No more stock photos. We need, we need photos that are representing real people, people of people of color, women, people of different uh, genders and, and different sexual orientations. And we need to see people that are uh, more diverse both in imagery as well as on the job site. So, and and you know, there's there's actually studies that indicate that um, for young women, uh, seeing images of what it could look like in careers, women in engineering, women in technology, women in construction, like that is a signifier that oh, I didn't even know that that was possible. I'm going to go explore that. I'm going to go see see what that's all about. You know, I, I, I'm so happy you brought that up because I totally believe that so firmly. And I know those stats exist, those studies. Um, it's very similar to the Gina Davis Initiative for Gender in the Media. And it's all about if she can oh, see yeah. it, she can see it, right? And, uh, and I, was, I was just at a conference the other day uh, called Women Spanning the Globe. And Mark Pritchard, who's the chief branding officer for Procter & Gamble, did a presentation called We See Equal. And so if you watch cable television, you see these amazing advertisements that are helping us normalize having um, having different roles and wearing different hats amongst, you know, not just diverse folks when it comes to um, culture and ethics and, you know, um, uh, but also gender. Um, it's it was it's really heartfelt. And I I looked at that and I thought that what you're what you're saying, Allison, is you know, for us to normalize and find it desirable, acceptable, you know, good and all that stuff and to really scale, we have to start showing what it can look like so that people go, oh, that's, that's, I can do that too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's the, it's one of the first steps, right? It's not the only thing that we need to do as an industry to improve attracting and retaining more women into, uh, into construction or people of color or, um, the LGBTQ community. I mean, we, representation is an incredibly important thing that helps to drive more diversity. And then from diversity, then you really start talking about what does inclusion look like? And that's what, that's the harder part. Well, frankly. that's exactly, that, that's thinking. That was exactly going to be kind of my follow-on question. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, when it comes, when it comes to, um, you know, the whole uh, see it and be it thing, I, I have to say like the stats from what I remember are, um, it's within 1% of real life what you see in, uh, on a daily basis from all forms of media, right? So if, with a stroke of the pen or, you know, new imagery, we can, we can really make a big impact, I think, in any industry. Um, but I do want to ask you, so what, let's say that we, we are able to move this needle forward and bring more diversity into the business, which by the way, you know, in my experience, we have figured out how to fill the engineering classes. You know, a lot of, 50% um, of many of the engineering classes are women now. And we've had, we've had pretty good success filling the pipeline at the entry level. But, but then we're, we're really struggling um, and dropping off when you get into that mid-management level. 
So I guess my question is, as a follow-on to getting more in, uh, diversity in, is how do we keep them and what needs to change about our industry to help make that a, a possibility? Yeah, and this is, this is I think, the, the, the big ultimate question. And I don't think that there's one um, silver bullet here in any way. I think that there's lots of things that need to change. The legacy of construction is something that we are contending with as a whole, and it's something we have to acknowledge, right? We have a legacy of a primarily white male-dominated industry and a very familial, right, which is amazing. So many people came up in this industry from their family members or had, had family members in this industry. And so for a long time, our industry has been very siloed in that there's you, a construction person looks one way, acts one way, thinks one way. And the risk there is that we are going to continue, if we're only pulling from a, from the primary silo or the primary pipeline, we are going to continue to be siloed in not just who is coming into our industry, but how we think about our industry and how we how we work, frankly. And we also know that we, we need to change. I mean, everybody has already heard, and I don't want to repeat the stat, but like we already know that construction is one of the least digitized and one of the least productive industries that we have. And we also have a stat that says, you know, we need to build 13,000 buildings a day in order to support the growing population of this earth. So there's big challenges that we have to overcome. So pulling in diverse people is one step and now attracting them and having them really improve the way we work is incredibly important. So one of the big things that I have seen is that culture and the way that we create a inclusive culture really starts from the top down in our industry. So we need strong leaders that say, we don't tolerate things like hate speech. We create environments where everyone is, con is considered equal. We have really quality on the job site. We have a quality in the office. We create spaces that are psychologically safe so that we can say we want to do things differently and we're taking inputs from all corners of our business to do things better. And I think we're actually seeing some really good examples of that begin to happen in the industry. In fact, um, there was an incident recently, I believe, that I, I heard about. Um, I think I saw it on Facebook or LinkedIn of a job site where hate speech, for instance, was scrawled in a restroom. Uh, a a uh, was supposed to be it was a women's restroom, and very alarming, right? Something that is is still happening today, unfortunately. But what I saw was the construction manager who was overseeing this job put up a $25,000 reward to find the person that had done that hate speech. I mean, talk about commitment to change the culture and say, we have zero tolerance for this kind of behavior. And that kind of support and leadership, let me tell you, I get goosebumps just thinking about that because that shows true commitment in changing the past, changing the legacy that we are all fighting against, and that we want to move into the future of how we are embracing lots of different types of people in our industry. And we have there's no tolerance for hate speech. There's no tolerance for you know behaving in that way on our job sites any longer. And, and that is a huge part of it is making everyone yeah. feel welcome, right? And safe. Absolutely. Um, and that's and I I take that down to the you know having the right apparel for the, you know, for the PPE that fit women oh versus gosh, men yes. and, and make, making sure that you have the facilities that, that make, that can make them comfortable. Uh, I love that, that um, frontline approach of, you know, the, 
the campaign that the um, steel union has about be that one guy, you know, um, I found, I found, I found in my experience too, that, um, you know, everyone has a policy, right. About, you know, what you should and shouldn't do, which uh, it seems um, you need that. But, um, but it's really when the folks on the job take personal accountability and say, I personally will not tolerate this. Like you were just pointing out. Um, that's when that it seems to really make a big impact. So I'm really happy to hear that. A lot of, Construction companies now have a culture of, you know, see something, uh, see something, say something in terms of safety. You know, I see somebody on a ladder that's higher than six feet who's not tied off. I see something that was placed in the wrong place or somebody entering or going to be stepping into an unsafe zone. You know, we, we have a culture now that is much more supportive of, you know, seeing something unsafe and saying, oh, wait, we have to stop. We got to stop work. We got to fix the situation. And those moments should be rewarded and that should continue. So that same energy that we're bringing to improving safety safety for everybody on the job site, we also have to bring to creating a more inclusive environment. So I just wanted to echo No, that's, I mean, that goes hand in hand. And I think that, does. that is um, something that the industry has adopted pretty well. So they should be able to shift and, and put those lenses on when it comes to that diversity and inclusion. So totally agree. So I was going to kind of shift into some of the other ways in which I know Autodesk is very involved in making improvements and changes in the industry through technology. And um, so I was I was kind of going through in my head, you know, the various things about our industry that make it, I would call it, let's use the word inconvenient. You have long commutes to and from work. The hours are bad. Um, if you are the primary caregiver, you may have issues with daycare. Um, you also have the brute strength and machoism that kind of plays in. And you had mentioned earlier the familial, the way we pass things down from family members. Gosh, back in the old days, um, a lot of the ways in which we span distances and did work was 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 trade secrets within families, right? So I mean that's kind of the genesis of that. And so I'm I'm looking at all these different things that make it um, a, a struggle for other folks to enter that business. And I, I love the idea of like you said, you know, doing the the campaign where visually we we change how we feel about this and and that um, and that we can all be a part of it. But I would like to understand better. You know, how do we how do we get to where, you know, we can have a normalized, um, you know, shift hours, um, you know, not have to focus on brute strength alone, um, you know, those types of things that will make it better for the industry in the future. I know there's probably more than one answer to that, but what are your ideas around that, Allison? Well, you know, we actually have a really great example of how this industry is evolving. If we look just in the past two years, I mean, the pandemic alone has greatly accelerated technology adoption and a, a number of, of just ways that we work in our in our industry. Um, I was talking to a senior project manager friend of mine um, recently, and she was on this really big hospital job. And in fact, I just wrote about this in a, in a blog post, and I talked about this at AU as well. Um, she was overseeing this huge hospital job uh, during the middle of the pandemic. I mean, it was it was a it was a really it was a bear. It was an it was an old uh, older building, you know, trying to be connected to a newer building, downtown environment, you know, no clearances, zero lot line, all of that thing. Also trying to keep the hospital operational in the middle of COVID. And this is a, is a quintessential building. This is an essential project that needed to continue. So they had to completely rewrite the script and what they were doing and how they were doing it in COVID times. They, you know, adjusted their shift hours 
so that they could have the right amount of people coming in when they needed to come in to do their work. They had to completely relook at the schedule. They supported- Imagine um, that, flexibility in hours. I imagine that, imagine that. A massive amount of flexibility suddenly was opened up. Yeah. Uh, The ability to remote work, right? Massive new new additions of technology. Um, they they increase their use of their collaboration tools. Um, they increase their use of digital communication tools like Zoom. Um, you know, moving away from doing um, OA uh, OA meetings, uh, OAE meetings, OA, OAC meetings, excuse me, um, in person, but doing them virtually, um, where people had to deal with kids. People had to deal with oh, I can't come in. I'm you know I'm not on shift right now, but I'll I'll be, I'll be able to do the calls uh, virtually. Um, I mean, just lots and lots of shifts very, very quickly. And, you know, we were talking and the the job is closed now for her. And she was really worried about, hey, I don't want to change and go back to the way things were done before. I like this flexibility. I like being able to do my, you know, my stand-up meeting from, you know, virtually with the team. I like being able to be able to pick up my kids at 2.30 and, you know, there was a, there was a big energy around like, how do we keep some of these practices? Because this actually makes my job easier. It makes my, my job more balanced, balance in your life, life, more right? balance. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, well, I have a little secret it. for you. The, the men like that too. Men exactly. actually do like to pick their kids up from school 100%. and attend their sporting events and have some flexibility. So I always, that's the yeah. rising tide lifts all boats, right? So I, I do. I, yeah. You know, that's there's a, there's actually study, there's studies out there that indicate that when you make a work environment more flexible towards quote unquote women, you actually make it more flexible and supportive and safe for everybody. So it's like, you know, it's like if we keep that in mind that it's not just for women, it's actually for, it's yes, it's for women, but it's also benefiting the entire culture of our industry. Why wouldn't you want to? invest in that. Yeah. And by the, I mean, and as you and I, we both know, um, the trade skilled trades, no matter what color or race or gender you are, we're, they're depleted. We desperately need that, that skill set, And, um, and to make it more attractive, you know, if it, if it, it brings us more diversity, which I think is really the goal here. Um, it also will, it'll also bring in more folks into the trades because again, people need to balance their lives and think about like, um, I was, I was, I did a presentation of, a few months back about, you know, some of the systems like exoskeletons and yes. ways you don't have to, and I, and I was like, yes, it'll, it allows like, you know, more women to be able to lift heavy tools, but you know, it also doesn't, it, it makes it so it's safer and it doesn't deteriorate the, the men who are able to lift those tools as well. So it's that rising tide lifts all boats thing. I really love the neutralization of saying, you know, we're making the industry better for everyone, not, not just for women. Right. So I think that's super critical. So I, I do, I have to ask, um, when you think about, you know, you know, like if you were to start all over and you were, you know, I have, I actually have, um, I wanted to say Compass has, we have lots of female CMs in the U.S. In fact, in the U.S., all of our, all of our CMs are female and many of them came from very different backgrounds. And I would love to have this message from you, Allison, about like, if you're in a different domain or in a different industry, you know, um, how are they, how can they find out about this as a career choice and, um, and how do they get into it? Who do they call? How do they, you know, because I really want to, I really want us to discuss the potential of being able to do what, like what you did versus having to check boxes on these credentials that we think we traditionally need to get into the business. I think one of the easiest things to do to sort of place to start is, um, investigating, you know, like, 
like looking around and investigating, like what are some of the top construction companies in your area or in the in the nation? Because there's you know there is a lot of flexibility now with remote working um, that are doing things differently, and also in, and do a little bit of googling on like top women in construction or top top construction leaders for innovation. There's innovation overall is now a tenant in most construction companies because they recognize that innovation isn't just about technology, it's about overall improving the way that we work so we can sustain the future of construction in a way that is going to be able to really advance how we work, who we work with, how we get people into this industry and how we really change uh, the, the, the legacy perceptions of our industry, which have historically been fairly negative. So I think um, there's, there's also some really great examples of some women leaders that also came about in their roles from a non-traditional angle, um, and I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna shout them out. Um, uh, one of the first people that I think about is the chief data officer of Suffolk Construction, Jit Keechin. She's amazing. She's actually came from a consulting background and has an expertise in data and analytics. And she's really pushing Suffolk Construction forward with becoming a data-driven business. So, and she's out there talking a lot about what the work, work is that she's doing and how and what her journey was like. So that's another great example of watching somebody who came from a non-traditional background who is now in construction, you know, really supporting the future of Suffolk and how they are advancing into a modern construction business. Uh, and the other is a, another friend of mine, Anita Woolley Nelson, who is the chief strategy officer for Skanska USA. And Anita, while she grew up in construction industry, she came about her role through marketing. Again, a great example of how when you have great communication skills and you are able to translate the value of strategy and how you make a client's experience better, like those skills are extremely powerful and she's helping Skanska set themselves again, the course to the future. What is, what does their business look like? And uh, it, these are just really wonderful, amazing leaders in our industry that came about their success through non-traditional means. So there are women out there speaking about their work. There's amazing firms out there trying to do things differently. Uh, it comes, we might need to do a little bit of Googling, um, but you can also take a look at folks like our, our digital builder blog for Autodesk Construction Cloud. We talk a lot about folks that are doing things differently in those forums. Um, and we really invite people to come in and, and, and see what we see. Yeah, no, I love I love that. I mean, I I know that we we typically give advice to um, you know to companies about you know neutralizing when they're going out and recruiting, right? They say we say on their on the resumes or on the job descriptions rather, you know, please try to focus on attributes. Don't focus on you know like ticking the box on this many years or type of education. Right? Or you have to have a CM background education. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that, that's a really great, that's actually a really great call out, Nancy. I think too, from, from a leadership perspective inside of construction firms, it's really important to think outside the box in terms of like, what are the skills I'm looking for? Not what is the degree I need? So, and being open to looking for people that are coming into this industry that could actually help you think differently about what you're doing to improve the way you're working. Well, and, I, and I've been speaking a lot about the digital divide. And one of the many, 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 many things that we have to talk about and, and focus on is these algorithms that kick out a resume because there's a gap because, you know, someone stopped to have a child or because of, you know, the credentials not there. Um, and we're already hard enough on ourselves as women where we want to check every box three times before we move on. 
Um, and uh, and it's it's really important that these algorithms, you know, allow the opportunity for a more diverse, you know, set of interviewees, right? So I think that's something that we should, you know, we should definitely improve on. Um, and I did, so I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, Allison, but you, but I love how Autodesk has like the best stats in the industry on, on so many levels when it comes to, like you said, the innovation stat and how, um, you know, how construction is like on the, like, I think we're down there. I always joke, like we're down there with the dangerous fishing and mining, um, you know, industries when it comes to like really embracing you know, the digital transformation of things and really, um, you know, utilizing the new technology. So that kind of stat and any stat you have that relates to like, you know, where, where our needs are um, as it is with the skilled trades and with the industry going forward. I, I love stats. Well, I think here's here's one for you. I mean, during during COVID, there was a recent stat from a, a recent report that we did with IDC indicating that since the since the pandemic 95% of construction companies have increased their adoption of digital tools so it's happening and it's happening Yay. right now Yay. the other challenge however is that digital tools also enable you to create and capture more data so that's an, the other side of that coin is that something like 90% of data on construction sites goes unused so we have this massive gap right now of we're, we're driving towards using more digital tools, more digital transformation, which is amazing. It's happening. And a lot of construction companies see the value in that. They're also now going through this transformation of saying, okay, wow, I have more data than in some cases I know what to do with. So how do I put this to work? So that's where interesting and non-traditional roles for our industry really comes into play. If you have background in business intelligence, data analytics, uh, data visualization, your skills are incredibly valuable right now in construction. So that's, um, you know, that's another angle to consider for people that might be looking for like, what's, you know, how can I put my skills to work? The construction industry needs your help and we need your help in pre-construction. We need your help in field execution. You know, using data and putting it into action is really where our industry is trying to get a handle right now. So like focusing on that is a, is a great opportunity. And, and that goes for people that are just coming into this industry too. Think about going and adding a data analytics certificate to your bench, right? Go do a project management certificate that has an angle for business intelligence that or or data visualization, not just, you know, how do I make sure that my scope schedule costs are all on track? Because all of that is important, but being able to tell a really great story around it and using data as a, as your backup, that's going to really set you on a trajectory to for your career. No, I mean, that's, a, that's such a great, uh, great example of, you know, being able to talk to the folks out in the, you know, the, with our audience and say, you know, here's the, if you're interested in this, which many people are very interested in it, data is powerful, right? This is a great, this has a huge opportunity for you. And I, I do want to point out that the industry, that the construction industry is a very large part of our GDP on a global scale. The digital transformation of everything is the fourth industrial revolution. So there's no slowing down when it comes to building cloud products and edge products and so on and so forth. Um, and it's, it's one of those industries that touches everyone's lives, not just from the built environment, but from the digital environment, right? And because every, every industry that you can think about has to have a physical structure to reside and do business. And they also have to have a place to store their data, use their data, apply their data, transact with their data, so on and so forth. So, so those two things go hand in hand really, really good. 
So um, we are getting almost to time, Allison, and I would love to have some closing comments from you just on, you know, inspirational things for our audience to, you know, kind of get excited about this industry and want to come in and, you know, and, and fight the good fight with us. You know, I think there is so much opportunity in this industry from the things that we talked about in terms of being able to apply data, uh, apply innovation, apply technology in unique ways. We're really just at the cusp of that. So we have folks that are really trying to improve the way we work in very unique ways. And that's one of the things that I get super excited about. I mean, think about, so I have an eight-year-old son and he's super into um, online games right now and building virtual worlds, right? Think about Roblox and Minecraft. We are literally cultivating the next generation of built environment workers by setting them on a path to use digital tools right now today. So I get super excited about what the future holds, especially with the confluence of technology, the metaverse, and the physical built environment. And I, I hope everybody else gets as excited as I do about it. And uh, and yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, that I am so. I am also like a, such a big fan of our industry. It's never boring. I would say that you always learn about every industry that you build for. And for those who are, um, you know, very interested in, you know, environmental biology or sustainability, you know, our industry represents um, over forty percent of the global greenhouse gas. Twenty nine percent of that is, you know, really maintaining, operating, and upgrading buildings, but. 11% give or take is about the delivery process. So, so there's, that's a whole nother skill set and passion and interest that can enter our business and have a huge, you know, huge, huge impact on yep. what we're trying to do with our, with our earth. So yeah, I, um, I, I love the passion that you have, Allison, and I, I really, really appreciate you being on Breaking Glass. Thank you so um, much. Thank you for having me.